Thank you for downloading the NPC podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress for September 23, 2020. This program is all about discussing and considering the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry during the age of COVID. Today, we're continuing the healthcare conversation by answering questions sent by listeners like you. This program is proudly presented in cooperation with Imprez. Imprez best-in-class commercial solutions offer top-line and bottom-line growth. With maximum Salesforce flexibility, speed and efficiency, Learn more about their next-generation commercial model at www.imprez.com. On today's podcast our guest is Sheila Frame, Vice President Commercial of Sandoz in Princeton, New Jersey. Your host once again is Peter Brenders of Contolo Health, coming to you from scenic Fredericton. But first, here's the man with the magic stopwatch, Mitch Shannon of Chronicle Companies. Thanks, Leona. Fall has arrived here in the NPC studio, and along with falling leaves, we're piling up more questions from listeners about what the future is going to bring to the pharma business. We're always ready for your questions. Call our NPC comment line at 647-875-9011. So many of our colleagues and business partners have been displaced during the past six months. This week's guest, Sheila Frame, gathered some attention through a widely distributed offer to help out transitioning folks in the life sciences. Here she is in conversation with Peter. Welcome to the NPC Podcast. I'm Peter Brenders, your host. In our continuing look at the impact of COVID-19 on the purpose, process, and people in pharma, this episode dives deeper into a look at our people. In particular, what we can all do to help. Joining me today from the U.S. is Sheila Frame, Vice President, Commercial Marketing, Market Access, and Patient Services at Sandoz. Welcome, Sheila. Hi, Peter. Great to see you. Sheila, you made a post on LinkedIn recently that had a tremendous response. You are basically paying it forward to help out your network in these difficult employment days. Tell us about that. You know, Peter, it was quite an impact on me when one of my colleagues from another company, actually, uh, another senior executive female in our industry, had posted it. And when I saw it, she asked people to also post it. And I thought, you know what, what a great move. I'm going to try this. And I love people. And I think part of COVID-19, we are all feeling a little bit isolated. And I'm definitely an extrovert. So I miss being able to interact with people. And the response has been really incredible across not only Canada and the US, but also people in Europe. So I've been very privileged in my career to have worked around the world and have maintained a lot of contacts and connections. And I was absolutely blown away by not only the number of people who commented and who have reached out. So I can tell you the last two weekends, I've spent both Saturday morning and Sunday morning helping people and connecting them and, and just catching up as well. But also the number of people who then took the initiative to repost it themselves. And so it's kind of really interesting. And then all these other people saying, okay, I'm so excited about what you've done. I'm going to offer people an additional service. So some of the consultants that I've worked with through my career, one of them, in fact, posted right on my post saying the first five people to contact me, I'll give you a free one hour strength finder coaching session. So there's been things like that that have come from it. And it's just so heartwarming in these times to think that people want to help each other. And not only in our industry, but obviously across all industries, I think the first person to comment on my post was from the construction industry. So she wanted to know (laughs) if I could help her. If I had some work around my house that I needed done, I would have, but um, anyhow, it really has had a tremendous impact. And as I say, I was so 
excited to see the number of people who also took it on and have reposted it themselves. I echo the feedback that everyone else has been giving you on that. I think it was a tremendous leadership move on your part. I saw those commentaries out there on trying to help people. Maybe we can dive a little bit deeper on this one in terms of some examples, in terms of, or even counsel that you would offer to leaders in the industry that have had that advantage. What can they do? What does connecting look like? It's been quite interesting to see the people that have reached out. I mean, everything from, gee, can you help me just define where you think the future of our industry is going and how can I align my skills and strengths with it? To, I think in some cases, some of the areas in our industry could fundamentally be restructured. I think as we head into month six, seven and beyond, are we ever really going back to the previous commercial and medical model that we had before? And I think that's where people are actually looking at not only the fear of losing what they currently have, but also how can they reskill themselves. So I've had everything from agency type people saying, you know, we're not doing detail aids anymore. So how can I get on platforms and how do we really transform the way our industry works to people really wondering whether or not I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Maybe this is my opportunity to redefine what my skills and strengths are. And again, I've been very uh, fortunate in my career to have, you know, gone through a number of those types of things. So I have this like library of leadership stuff and, you know, self-development tools and all of that. So I've been able to kind of pull all those out and share them with different people. And sometimes it's just, I mean, I had a phone call one night this week with somebody that I hadn't spoken to in probably 10 years. And, you know, his career had gone in a completely different way. And he's now just starting to branch out and say, gee, maybe I should come back to pharma. He had left pharma and and, uh, did something different in the medical device space. And so, you know, that's kind of, It's just fascinating how much we all need that connection in these times, I think. I was actually quite, you know, as I said, I think I did nine phone calls last weekend. I've done three this week at night, and then I've got three more scheduled tomorrow right now, and then some people still banking. And some people want as simple as, hey, can you just recommend me on LinkedIn? You know, just write me a recommendation. And then some people I don't know who I know a friend of a friend. Can you talk to me? And so I've met some people and been able to connect them. And as we all know, that's the way we all get ahead is through connections. I can't honestly say whether it's the desire to network for a job or whether it's the deep need that we all have for human interaction right now. And it's probably a bit of both. And I think for me, it's probably more, I am so, I'm going to say challenged as a leader in this two-dimensional space. I mean, I really miss, I went into our office one day and hadn't seen my assistant for like five months. She almost had to restrain me from hugging her. I was just, you know, you're so starved for for that human interaction. And to be honest, I don't know how you find it, but, you know, I used to travel 50 to 60% of my time. And the mental downtime that I had from traveling to do reading, to stay in touch with people through LinkedIn, like whatever that was, I miss it. And now I feel like I'm on camera in meetings from eight in the morning till eight at night every day. And it's exhausting. I keep asking people, do I not delegate? How did I ever have time to travel? So I'm trying to create that space of connection now in this time. How do we stay connected and learn new skills and new tools to help people out through this time? But listen, I think our industry is ripe for change anyways. We've all been saying it for years. And I think this just might be the pivotal moment to really figure it out, see how we can transform our commercial model. You're listening to the NPC Podcast.
I'm your host, Peter Brenders. I'm listening here and thinking, okay, so I'm here in the, the start of the Sheila Frame Coaching Academy. Um, but <laughs> as, as we look at, you know, the advice and the counsel you give, but maybe we could dive into that a little bit more too, because it's stuff that I hear what you're saying and what leaders can do. But you also said an interesting piece too, and what people can do themselves. So you know, how do you help yourself? What counsel or advice do you tell people is what you need to do yourself to be ready for these things? You know, um, at Novartis, I tell you, we're so fortunate because we have a brand new young CEO who has brought in massive cultural change into the organization. And I can't say enough about the tools that they have provided to employees at Novartis. One of them that I've really benefited from late in my life and late in my career, we have an app that was fed into, well, two apps actually that were fed onto our phones. One of them is called Tignum and it's all about managing your energy and really preparing for those high performance moments instead of running from one to another. But what it really helped me do and what I've talked to people about is, you know, we all know when we're operating in the zone, like you know when you're at your best. And there are many circumstances where it's not that every job is perfect or that every situation is perfect, but there are for sure situations that are better than others he and through that app have really helped. And then the second piece that they've really pushed on us is mindfulness. And that was not something that I had really ever experienced. And they introduced it. It's beginning to be part of our culture. I can assure you the first time I did it with my leadership team, they thought that I was completely out of my mind. I made everybody sit in the dark. And this was, you know, when we were still together, sit in the dark room and focus and listen to a guided meditation. And our office here in Princeton is right on Route 1. So, you know, trucks are flying by and people can't focus and... So what I think we're all finding right now is this intensity of the time that we're in. And so I've encouraged people to try as many different things as they can. We are very focused on making sure that we do a lot of walking meetings. So, hey guys, I don't need any PowerPoints in this meeting. Let's get out and walk. But I think most importantly, it's to help people and talk them through when you think about those times in your career where you've been in the right place at the right time and really reflect deeply on what are all the elements and then what does that mean for your strengths? Because there's many situations in my career where I know that the effort required to perform was just too much. You know, we're really going to hurt ourselves. And so I think that's the piece where how do we give people the freedom and the confidence to admit here's what I'm good at and be comfortable with that as opposed to this incessant competition about I need to be right. I think that's part of the comfort. And of course, you know, everybody needs a paycheck. So I get that. And you can always get a job. I mean, I went through university as a waitress. So I keep telling myself I could always go back to waiting tables, although maybe not in a COVID world, but you can always get, you can always do something. But how do you really reflect and find that situation in that culture that suits you? And it's not because you're not good enough. And how do you get people to that sense of you're good enough? And that was a big part of this leadership program that they've just taken a number of us through. It's how do you, in French, we say, bien dans ta peau. When are you good in your skin? Like just, and I think that's how we can help people. It's just be good with who you are and be comfortable with it and have the self-awareness to know that you can, you know, identify what your strengths are, but then go looking for people to complement those strengths instead of feeling competitive. You're listening to the NPC podcast with Sheila Frame. Vice President at Sandoz. 
So is that the silver lining in COVID-19 where we've had to re-examine and rethink? You mentioned earlier on that the industry is ripe for change. Is this a new normal that we're coming in in terms of relating to people and people management? I absolutely think so. I think it's the age of the introvert too. I mean, I find that my team at least, and I'm not an introvert, but that the introverts are doing great. They love this. We've spent some time looking at Matt Zellenweg. I don't know if you've seen his stuff on this notion of distributed work, but fundamentally, this notion of a hierarchy is slowly being eroded. And certainly in our company, I mean, I cannot possibly touch base with everybody in my team all the time and know what's going on. And they have to establish their own networks to get work done. And so I think it's a shift in terms of the former hierarchy, command and control type to this notion of a network. And really, you have to be great then at identifying very specific objectives and very specific outcomes. I mean, none of us have any idea if anyone's working from nine to five. We've gone to this notion of you can work anywhere, anytime you want to and just inform your manager as long as you're getting the job done. Now, when I think about that in the true commercial model, what does that mean for sales reps? Well, it's always been 10 to 3, Sheila. I mean, (laughs) yeah, maybe that's why we're all struggling right now, because it's actually 8 to 8 or whatever. I mean, in our case, it feels like it's a 24 hour clock because we're all global. I think when I think about the true commercial model, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the encyclopedia salesman at the door and the fuller brushman and all of that kind of stuff, right? Personal selling has gone the way of the dinosaurs long ago, except in our industry. I don't think there's very many industries any longer that have our kind of personal selling. And I think the question for the physicians and the healthcare providers with the strength of payers is now, do they really have a therapeutic choice any longer within every class? Or is it just going to be dictated? And if that's the case, then you're into really tight protocols. You know, what's the value of that? And then you get into the whole value of, well, really, it's medical education. I mean, as a patient, what I fear the most is if the fact that physicians and healthcare providers get most of their education through the distribution of material from the pharmaceutical industry broadly, and that's a big assumption, but it's one that I happen to Well, dear, I think they do get a lot of good information through that. If you remove that, I do think patient care will suffer. So how do we then look at a model that says, hey, the most important thing that we bring as an industry is medical education. Then what's the right way to do that? And who's the right person to deliver that? And how do we best deliver that? So I think those are the questions that everybody's asking now. I mean, I know there's lots of fear in the industry. We're still in the US just because the numbers are so high right now. I mean. Patient care is off by, even in oncology, I mean, I don't think 80% yet of return to baseline. That means like 20% of people who are already diagnosed aren't getting treated. And I think for new diagnosis, we're down at like 30% from baseline. That means 70% of people who normally would be diagnosed early aren't being diagnosed. We're going to have a long-term effect from this pandemic. And the longer it goes with this kind of people's fear of seeking medical help, then the worse I think the problem's gonna be. But from a commercial perspective, I say to people all the time, listen, you have to get your mindset to shift and say, what am I really good at? Get comfortable with that. What are the situations that I perform the best in that I love to do? And then how can I monetize that in order to support my lifestyle? Great advice. And if I hear within there is a prediction for you too, in terms of where the industry is going and you talk about it's, it's that seminal information dissemination. How do they get what they need to bring value and to deliver patient care? I also heard the most unique thing I don't think I've ever heard about pharma is that it's the age of the introvert in pharma. 
don't disagree with you in terms of where the industry is going. It's going to be different. The question is, and you know reps like anything else, how many of them are in front of it to be those experts? Typically, if you think the personality that we generally have for sales reps, you know, they get an adrenaline hit, let's say every hour and a half or so. They go through this peak performance in two minutes if they're lucky, and then it's off. And then they get in their car and they drive somewhere else and then they get all psyched up, they deliver, and then they... So sitting on a camera for... I know from having them in national sales meetings, you can't have them in a dark room for more than 45 minutes. They go out of their mind, tend to have to be moving all the time. And so I think that's going to be a big difference for them. So I think it's going to be a personality shift too, in terms of what we're looking for, because to be able to interact on this dimension and to have that pull marketing from your physicians, I think is going to be a real challenge for us. Okay. So predictions for the future, Sheila. So help us understand where this is going. Are we excited or are we worried? I'm an optimist, an extroverted optimist. There you go. I think what excites me the most is, you know, the biological innovation that our industry is driving right now is phenomenal. So I remain hugely optimistic about what that means. I think for a lot of people, as we settle into what this new working model looks like, I think it will feel probably a lot more of a self-employed kind of model. I think if we really take this distributed work to its ultimate evolution, it's this notion of having a broad network. Now I predicted, I don't know, must be 20 years ago now in Canada, I was like, if I was a sales rep in Canada right now, I would pick my location and I would become an expert in a therapeutic area so that ultimately one day you could have like five or six pharmaceutical companies paying you to educate physicians in cardiovascular, let's say, if that's what you pick, and that you would be the expert in the community because we're getting to personalized medicine and all of these kinds of things. It's the right product for the right patient at the right time at the right price, right? So if that truly is where you think it's going. Now, of course, I didn't think that we'd still be talking about it in 2020. I did think that things would move a lot faster than they have. But I do think that expertise in a particular therapeutic area and having a community presence is something that we could all foresee in our industry. So I remain very optimistic, but I do think it's going to require some new skills, which, you know, the older you are, the scarier that is. I'm still struggling with Excel because I grew up with Lotus Notes. So (laughs) I'm still struggling with, I'm thankfully, I have a lot of people around me who know Excel, but I have this anxious fear that, oh my God, I'm going to have to go to LinkedIn learning and find an Excel basic course and retool myself because you know, having support like that, if you ultimately think about it, and I don't mean that we're all going to be truly self-employed, but I think that mindset of, you know, looking after yourself, my office is a complete disaster at home after six months. I mean, I can't find anything. So I'm, you know, trying to sort it out myself. If you have a chance, I'd encourage you to look at this Matt Zellenweg piece because he has five levels of distributed work. So now I entertain myself to challenge myself every day. Am I at level one, two, three? I'm not near five yet, but where am I on this scale? And then I listen to people about where they are and try to figure out how do you help. So it's a really interesting piece to try to stay focused on, you know, this evolution that we're all going through and everybody's at a different place. And that's why I'm so passionate about trying to help people. If each of us think about it, give one little piece that just helps shift somebody to feel more optimistic under these times, then you've had a great day. That's what I try to do every day. Some days easier than others. You've been listening to Sheila Frame, Vice President, Commercial Marketing, Market Access, and Patient Services at Sandoz.
Thank you for listening. Thanks to Sheila and Peter. Now, because you don't ever leave these podcasts without a terrible pun, here's how Sheila frames things. She says, our industry is ripe for change, and this might be the pivotal moment to really figure it out. The pivotal moment indeed. And we've got the place for it. This year's Virtual National Pharma Congress. It's a series of weekly 90-minute webinars beginning Wednesday, October 21st. Podcast listeners get a 20% discount from the registration fee when you use code POD20. So sign up today at pharmacongress.info. Did you get this week's NPC Health Biz Weekly e-newsletter? Each week it offers industry news and commentary from the sector's leaders. Sign up for a free subscription at chronicle.healthcare. And while you're at it, subscribe to the NPC podcast wherever podcasts are distributed, including Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and Stitcher. We want your questions and comments. Send them by mail to health at chronicle.org or call our comment line. Leave your name, a callback number, and your question. The best ones will be used in future NPC podcasts. Call 647-875-9011. The NPC podcast was presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. Learn more at www.imprez.com. This is Mitch Shannon of Chronicle Companies in Toronto. Jeremy Visser is the producer. Your announcer was Leona Odroyd. Have a great week and stay safe until we see you again next Wednesday.